Hey everyone, BT here. Today, David and I are talking about magic or manipulation and the Santa Claus conundrum. Is it healthy to keep the myth alive in young children? And we could even talk a little bit more about going dark here with some other mythical creatures around this time of year designed to keep kids on the straight and narrow, whether that's Krampus, whether that's Belschnickel, whether it's getting coal in your stocking. I don't know how relevant these are to this time of year in this day and age, but back when I was a kid, it terrified me and scared me straight. So do us a favor, listen to this episode, and I hope you enjoy as you get ready to celebrate the Christmas season. Let's get started. Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. everybody. Merry, Merry. Yeah, it's not actually Christmas yet. It's in, in a couple of days, but it will be and it's coming. You cannot stop it. You, you can only hope to contain it. I hope they do. I hope that when they're sitting in their, you know, in their pajamas and their slippers, drinking their morning cup of, you know, holiday cheer with coffee or Kahlua or whatever you do on your, on your day that you're bringing us with you and celebrating this great, great day. That's what we're talking yeah. about today. We're yeah. going to talk a little bit. This this conversation is going to be wide open. We're going to be all over the map with this one. But really the premise is, uh, comes from some research I've been doing recently around, uh, you know, this Santa Claus conundrum. And you've done episodes before where you've talked about the myth of Santa Claus and all these mythical creatures that are always looking to take something from you. Yeah. Um, it, it really keeps kids uh, walking the straight and narrow. Because I know when I was a kid, you know, you better watch out. You better not cry. He was always watching. So yeah, I wanted to make, I, I wanted to make sure that I was doing the right thing. So is it magic? Is it manipulation? You know, what should we be thinking about when it comes to Santa Claus? And uh, maybe we could talk a little bit about some of the origin story. We can talk a little bit about some of your favorite memories around the holidays, some of your favorite gifts and things like that. But I think the big piece is, you know, this, is it, is it, okay to perpetuate the magic when it comes to the holidays, especially in young children. Yeah, I think that it is. I agree. With I you. think that it is. And, and if you ever come to um, one of my seminars, there's a seminar that I do where I talk about the negativity of Santa Claus and the tooth fairy and the Easter bunny from the perspective of what it sets up a person's mind to believe at a young age. So let me just go through that really yeah, quick. Yeah, for sure, please. So one of the things that's fascinating about success is that most people are introduced to success through some kind of media. And we have been for 100 years. I mean, you know, that's just the way that it's been. When you see success through the media, you're seeing an end result. You're not seeing the work that it took to get there. You're not seeing the tough decisions. You're not seeing the discipline. You're not seeing the practice. You're not seeing the failures. You're not seeing the mistakes. You're not seeing any of that. You're just seeing, oh, this person's now a success, right? They've, and, and, and then we, I think as a society, we kind of became addicted to success, so the end result, the yeah, end result. The, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Not the work to put in to get there, but the actual end result. Put in to get the there, overnight but, success. Story. Yes, yeah, <laughs> and and that's 
that's the thing. It's kind of like nobody heard of this person yesterday, and today they're making a hundred million a year, and they have a mansion, and they have a Ferrari, and they're flying private. Um, and it basically, what did they do to get there? Oh, they did a podcast, or oh, they play guitar, or oh, they're an actor. And it's not. It, it's it's why the hell would any human being ever believe that it just happened? Yeah, that they just got lucky, or that they're just fortunate. And yet, billions, many people do. Yeah, billions of people believe that. that. So, in it in the this one seminar that I teach, I point out that many people are introduced to Santa Claus, Tooth Fairy, Easter Bunny, various different. Uh, ideas that, um, uh, well, for Santa Claus, for instance, the, the the premise is basically that if you're a good boy or a girl on Christmas, you're going to get this gift by this fat man that comes down a chimney. Whether you have one or not is completely irrelevant. He comes down it. Spoiler alert, yeah. <laughs> if you did, I didn't even think about that. What about the people that don't have yeah. fireplaces? <laughs> yeah, you know, we probably should put a spoiler alert on the front of this for anybody that's listening on, we should. In, in the car with their kids. Yeah, don't, I mean, yeah, don't listen, don't have your kids listen to this one with you right now. We probably should because we, we are, we're going to, we're going to speak truth here yeah. about Santa. He, spoiler alert, he's not real. Don't tell me that shit. I, I don't want to hear it. It's true. He, he is real in a way. He's, he, there's a magic to it, right? There's a magical part now, to so, it. So, so here's the thing. Prior to age seven, the mind doesn't have the ability to really reject anything, nor do we really have the ability to critical think. So when we're taught that we, we're receiving gifts because we've been good, and that's the way that we get gifts, or that's the way that we get good things, is by being good. Being good is... Hmm, being good is fine. It's absolutely fine, but it's not the cause of receiving anything. Okay. Um, when we grow up and think to ourselves, I want to be successful. So I'm, you know, I'm a good person. Why am I not successful? Because you don't understand cause and effect. You don't understand what is the actual cause of the success that you want. So people will literally think, I have to be a good person to be successful or, or I am a good person. Why am I not successful? And it has nothing to do with it in any way, shape or form. You can be a complete ass and be successful right. or you could be angelic and be successful. But how you are as far as good or bad really has nothing to do with it. But, but here's the thing. I think that the stories are fun. Of course, I grew up with those stories. I don't have bad memories about those stories. I know that there's people out there that claim that they do. Um, but the idea is that when you tell somebody that from an early age, as a manipulative way to adjust their behavior, you're not teaching them to adjust their behavior the right way. You're not teaching them why they need to adjust their behavior. You're manipulating them. You're saying, if you behave, you will get good things. If you don't, you'll get coal. I mean, that's the way that it's mostly that it's mostly been. So it's a way to try to get kids to be good, at least for a period of time. The thing is this, is that that gets, that gets stored as a pattern in the mind because that's how the mind remembers things. That's how the, the mind creates a ways of thinking, being, and observing our world is through pattern recognition. So you create this pattern. Now, it's not that the pattern, it's not that it's necessarily bad or that it does damage, right? I mean, I think that if there's anybody out there that thinks that they have been completely damaged by that story, there was a lot more going on in that family than just that story. 
Okay. Right. Yeah, sure. However, the idea, what is really taking place is that it makes the mind susceptible to other stories of magic, achieving or receiving without achieving, uh, luck. You know, it, it, it makes us susceptible. It's, it, it gives us a reason to look for something outside of the law of cause and effect that's not true. Why would we do that? If we're raised with a real serious foundation of if you, if, if you want anything, this is what you have to do and you have to discipline yourself to do it, you would not have an adult walk around thinking to themselves, oh, if I just do this, I'd be a millionaire. If I just become an influencer, I could be a millionaire. If I just do a podcast, I could become a millionaire. And we run into these people all the time, you know. Um, and we've literally taken, I mean, over the last 10 years, I would say, probably, probably yeah, about the last 10 years, we have glorified the entrepreneur, especially in the United States. The entrepreneur is like the new rock star here, right? And the 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 premise is everybody can be an entrepreneur anybody can be an entrepreneur and the and the truth of the matter is is that being an entrepreneur is not cut out for every person it just isn't and you don't, people don't understand that it takes a lot of hard work and then you have the whole idea of the spiritual end and you have all these spiritual teachers teaching that all you have to do is vibrate all you have to do is know the secret all you know like there's what are they doing the, the fact that people buy into that stuff is because they're selling it based on the idea that they learned in, in, the, in a childhood that if they're just good enough, they'll get the result that they're looking for. And that's not going to cut it. And that's not going to cut it. No. But as, as a story, and especially if you tell the true parts of the story, and if you tell what the real reasons behind Christmas are, I think, I think it's a good thing. Yeah. You know, if you talk about the inspiration, all that, all the different things behind the idea, giving to others, all of that, I think it, it's, it's great. I don't think that it really hurts kids as long as you're really raising kids to understand cause and effect. But the truth is, even with that, you are opening a door for magical thinking in their mind, period. You're exposing them to magical true. thinking. That's, that, that is true, 100%. No matter how you look at it, you're doing that. Yeah, so it could be perceived a little as possibly dangerous, but I think a little fib here and there isn't going to destroy the relationship you have with your children as you perpetuate the magic of the season because it does change after the... After the um, the, you know, we find out that the great and powerful Oz behind the curtain is just a, a fat little man pulling buttons yeah. and levers. It does throw off the season a little bit, but I never felt betrayed by my parents. And I also perpetuated the myth moving forward because I was the oldest in the family and my younger brother, who was four years younger than me, he was still in the belief phase. Right. I think I found out, I was kind of late to the party. I found out um, that Santa lived down the hall from me when I was probably uh, maybe sixth grade. Yeah, uh, yeah. seventh grade. That's late. That's late That's to the late. party for a lot of kids. But my brother, he was still in lower elementary school. So I perpetuated the myth and we didn't get along very great. So I could have totally blow, totally blown the lid off of it, but I didn't because the, 
I get why parents perpetuate that around this holiday season because there's so much unbridled energy, especially in these small children with the lights and the presence and everything that's happening. They need to be able to focus on, as you said, being good or or paying attention. And as a young child, it kept me in line. I'm not going to lie to you. Like yeah. I was always afraid, like I was going to get coal because I was a little rambunctious in class. I was talkative. I I got good grades, but I, I was talkative. I was a smart ass. I was always having to be moving around. So it really did have me focus up on being good. And I love that you bring that in because, you know, I was just on a, an article I would pulled up from psychology today that says, you know, telling a little white lie isn't going to damage the relationship you have with your kids. But then when I was doing my research, there's some kids who found out and the way they found out just totally destroyed their relationship with their family like really? it was a betrayal and I thought to myself and I don't have I any, have a hard time with that uh, yeah and, and it say. could be just lip service on the internet somebody putting out there that they were destroyed because they found out at age seven that it, it you know mommy was kissing and Santa Claus another 42 yeah exactly know? and they're yeah. still carrying that around with them but I thought it was really fascinating because I am one and I've spoken on this podcast before about I always perpetuated this with my children my children today who are grown women ages you know 20 and 18 who still um, look forward to the moment where they come down the stairs in the morning and there is a wrapped gift from Santa underneath the tree. Uh-huh. We continue to do it, even though I know full well that they believe that Santa lives down the hall from them, like I said earlier. But I think that what's important about that is I don't think it's it's like detrimental um, and manipulative to these small kids because it is magical this time of year and just keep it going as long as you can with the understanding that some point in time, you're going to have to have an honest conversation with them about all these mythical creatures, but the reality is good things come from it. So I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. Okay. I don't really think it's all that detrimental, but I do think it's manipulative. Okay. There's, I think it's, there's no question. It's a manipulation. I don't think that it's done with any... There's no malice behind it. No, there's no malice behind it. Well, I mean, I don't know everybody that does it, but I wouldn't think that there's any malice behind it. Um, Although I will tell you this. I have seen people use it. Like, so let me ask you a question. Sure. Have you ever met anybody that got coal for real? I personally did not. Have you? Yes. Oh my God, are you serious? Not actual coal. But... I, one year, all I got was a children's Bible. No. Yes. That was it. Yes. That was for the that was entire that duration. And I do not to this day remember what I did in my mom's past, so she probably wouldn't have remembered it anyway. But yeah, I was, and I was quite young. I, I mean, I had to be, I, I hear, because I can only remember where we lived at the time, so I know that I was under 10 years old when it happened. Wow. I might have gotten some clothes with it. But there wasn't any toys no. under the tree. There nope. wasn't anything. It nothing. was just a children's Bible. I got nothing. nothing. Wow. I got nothing like, like enjoyable. Yeah. Even growing year. up in a lower middle-class family, I mean, my mom always just, there was always a ton of stuff, no matter how bad or how good we were, there was always a ton of stuff under the tree that my initial thought was, well, maybe times were tough. Maybe they were lean, maybe, but that doesn't sound like that was the situation. It was like, no, no, you no, pissed no. them off some way. And so it all, what I do remember was Number one, my mother was going through a really bad time because she lost her brother and her two nephews in a fire. So there was around that time. I know that was going on. The other yeah. thing that was going on was I was starting to have difficulty in school as a kid. And my mom did not, I, you know, the thing is, is it, this is a, it's a wild thing, but my mom took that personally. That you were that you were acting up in class. Yes, and yeah. I didn't know that till I was after an adult that I that she actually was taking it personally, because 
instead of teaching me, I was being disciplined for not doing well, right? Like it was like I was doing it on purpose. And in her mind, I was. What they didn't know was that when it came to things I wasn't interested in, I don't care how long you make me read that fucking book. I couldn't retain it. Right. I just couldn't. So um, it, it was an issue all ever. It was an issue the whole time I was in school until I quit when I was 17 years old. It was a consistent issue. I just couldn't do it. Sure. It, 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 I learned what I needed to learn, and then I had to get the hell out of there because yeah. I could not. And to this day, if you ask me to do something that I don't want to do, I can barely get myself to do it. Right. I mean, I can do certain things, but when I'm talking about learning, right, forget it. Yeah. Forget it. I mean, yeah, wow. whether it's reading books or listening to a podcast or whatever, you know, it doesn't matter. If I'm not interested in it, I am so unbelievably bored with it, I can't focus. I, it's like I li- it's like there's something wrong with my brain. Sure. I literally can't Tune focus. Out. But if I like it, all in. Deep all, dive. All in. Deep dive. And I re- and I retain everything. What what is it like? What is it like for a small child, let's say seven, eight, nine years old, who goes back after the new year and all you have to show for it is a is a book of of stories. Uh and all these well, kids I was are disappointed. Yeah, for I sure. Was, I was act- I do remember this. Not only was I disappointed, I was shocked. I was I was surprised that my mother did that. I remember her threatening me with Christmas. And uh, my mom could be quite cruel at times if she if if you really got on her bad side. And it didn't take much to get on her bad side. Uh, but but there were there were several times in my childhood that I remember where I thought she really went over the line. And that one was one of them because I don't believe that I was being disciplined for actually doing anything that was bad. I was actually a pretty good kid. I was mischievous, right? You know, you do sure, that's, but that's normal things, nothing, nothing crazy. Uh, but it was during the time that I was having trouble in school. And that, and I remember the whole time that I was little, their way of dealing with that was to punish me, yeah. to ground me, right? You were, I was, sure. I was grounded. Perpetually. Not, yeah. Not <laughs> fix the problem to find out what's going on, but to, to ground me because yeah. it was like, you have to do it just because. Wow. That's traumatic. I didn't, I didn't realize, I don't know if you've ever told me that story before. No, I never that. told you that. I've never told anybody that story. But I will say, I will say, you know, talk about traumatic and not to, not to take a dark turn here, but traumatic one year, you know, for some reason, our Christmas tree could not stay upright and it just kept falling over. And part of it was my brother and I were horsing around by the tree all the time, going under, digging through the presents, you know, and it fell over for the third time in about a week. And my dad had enough and he, lit into us both. He threw us into our bedrooms. He backed his truck up to the trailer and he started tossing every last present into the back of that truck. And then he drove off. And I was thinking to myself, oh shit, we've done it now. There will be no Santa Claus. There will be no presents. It was like the turkey carcass and the bumpus hounds. All the the turkey was gone. (laughs) It's all over now. Of course, he came to his senses. I don't know what point he was trying to prove. Um, It wasn't our fault that he did a shitty job setting up the tree and that it kept (laughs) falling over. But um, yeah, that was traumatic. And I was thinking to myself like, oh my God, this is real. Maybe we we better be very careful. And I think from that moment on, we didn't uh, play by the tree or go by the tree, but it also sort of stuck in my memory as a traumatic experience. And I'm thinking to myself, like, this is a time of, you know, glad tidings and um, being, you know, kind to your fellow man and goodwill. And I think a lot of people get stressed 
to the gills when it comes to this time of year. And it's partly because maybe they're overspending, maybe they're getting things that they don't know how they're going to pay for come January, but they want to make it special. And there's just this, there's a propensity for people drinking more alcohol during this time of year. There's just like all these sorts of things. So all that to say, you know, the holiday season is what you make it. You bring a certain mindset to it. And if that means you are going to be all in on the myth of Santa Claus, then be all in, but just be very careful, you know, how you're you're reacting to certain people because the goodwill you create in this time of year is going to be carried over through everything you do. How you do anything is how you do everything and all that sort of stuff. That's what I would say. Yeah, I agree with you. So yeah. now looking back on those years, aside from, you know, the, the, the children's Bible you received, is there any one gift that you wanted as a kid that you got and you couldn't believe that you got it? Is there anything that stands BB out? Gun. Was it, I was going to say, is it Ralphie and the BB gun? BB gun, yeah. Did yeah. you really? Yeah, BB gun. How old were you when you got that? Ooh. It's so funny because I got a BB gun when I was a kid too. And I think I was probably maybe 11. Yeah, probably about 11. Yeah. So right there, I, I really wanted a BB gun. It was yeah. like a pump. It wasn't a Red Rider or anything from that the Christmas was, story. But. As a kid, that was the most exciting present because my cousins had BB guns. They were two years, they were a year and a half older than me. And they got BB guns sure. first. I wanted a BB gun in the so worst bad. way. And my, my father was not against it. This was all my mother. I'm totally against it. She, my mom did not understand boys. She didn't understand men. Right. Um, and she went, you know, she was, she really went very far the other way. And my father was constantly trying to go, this is a boy, right? This yes. is what boys do. This is, you know, trying yeah. to, trying to, to teach her, um, you know, what, what it was that I needed because she has two boys. My mom didn't have any girls, but, but, it was, I don't know whether she was sheltered as a kid or she didn't pay attention to her brother. What happened with him? I, don't, I have no idea. But she was constantly afraid we were going to get hurt. Yeah, sure. And it could be, again, because of the accident, you know, yeah. where, she lost her, where she lost her brother. But she was always afraid we were going to get hurt. So everything was out. Couldn't get, I remember, I, remember uh, um, I could never even get a slingshot, right? Yeah. Like I wanted a slingshot in the worst way. No Couldn't nice. get a slingshot. Uh, ended up having to buy my first slingshot, not, you know, on my own, one of the, the wrist rockets. Yep, Remember on those? the slide. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, so yeah, the BB gun was, was the thing that pro I was probably most excited about getting as a kid. When I was really little, the stuff that we got, we had GI Joes and, you know, we would get all the army stuff and yeah. baseball or, you know, that kind of stuff. Sure. Sometimes, I don't think it was ever like fishing stuff. Yeah. I think maybe that came Well, that was mine. I'm, you brought up G.I. Joe. G.I. Joe was mine. I yeah. remember one year. Evil he, Knievel. Oh, God. I had I had Evil Knievel stuff, too. Like, he just grew up, he grew up just down the road in Butte, he Montana did. for yeah. me. So, yeah, yeah Evil Knievel like was cousins. a big deal. Remember, he used to have that big old crank yep. thing and wind it up, and then he'd go flying across and do a jump, and, oh, yeah. man, the Evil Knievel stuff was insane. But for me, it was G.I. Joe. And, you know, Santa Claus, where I came from, he didn't wrap gifts. He just basically put them underneath a tree. So when Santa Claus blew in around 1 o'clock on Christmas morning, I was out playing with my toys for two hours before so anybody Santa even knew. Claus didn't wrap stuff? Yeah, my Santa Claus didn't wrap stuff. Bastard. I know, right? And when I when I met my wife and your CEO, she said that Santa wraps his gifts. Yeah, and I said, are you serious? That's the weirdest thing I've ever heard because Santa, where I came from, he didn't wrap my gifts. So I don't know if that's a... If so that's did a, you get parents... Did you get toys from your parents and Santa? No. Oh, yes. They would wrap certain... Th they would wrap the toys from my parents, but the Santa... Santa gifts were not wrapped. 
They were not wrapped. They were just set underneath. And my brother and I, so we had the tree on the right and then we had the fireplace on the left. The stockings held the fireplace and then there would be certain gifts over there off to the side by my stocking uh, and that were for me from Santa. And then my brother had the same situation on his side. And then there would be in front of the tree, there would be two different sides delineated. You know, he might have transformers and I might have GI Joes, but they were not wrapped. They were just sitting out there on display for anybody to look at. So when Santa would pop in, you know, like I said, around one o'clock in the morning, I'd be out there. I couldn't sleep. So I'd go out there and look and ground and I'd go and wake my brother and we'd see everything. And then we'd go back to bed and, and, uh, you know, pretend like that was the first time we were seeing it when yeah. we come up, but there was no wrapping involved. Santa did not wrap gifts. They were just sitting there. Wow. But for I me, it was GI Joe. People out there are, are, had a Santa that didn't wrap gifts. I would be fascinated to see if it's like a regional thing, if it's, you know, something from where I grew up in Montana, if that was a thing, if it was, you know, because maybe it's hard to wrap a bicycle or hard to wrap a basketball hoop or wherever it might be. But, you know, we've always wrapped, you Sounds know, like Santa's somebody started gifts. it out of. Yeah, maybe. And it could be just, a, it could be like, that's how my mom got yeah. her gifts given to you her. So asked. it's a gender. No, I didn't. I'm going to have to ask her about that. Like, did, did Santa ever wrap your gifts? Because, my Santa wraps our gifts. So, but if, for me, yeah. it was GI Joe. I wanted GI yeah. Joe so bad and I got him, but it's so funny. You talk about the difference between, you know, what boys get and what girls get. And it was GI Joe's one thing that wasn't baby wrapped guns. would be the candy cane full of M&Ms oh, in the stocking. Sure. But, but that always had, like did you wrap stuff to it. put in the stocking yeah. or the, it was yeah. wrapped in the stocking too. Yeah. And I, and, and we wrapped stuff for my kids that went in the stuff. That is so, and we do for our kids too. But what's interesting is that's not how it was for me. You know, my stocking setup was, my stocking setup was orange in the toe, bunch of friggin' pistachios or peanuts, a few little toys and stuff, maybe a GI Joe shoved in there, maybe a yo-yo, maybe that's, but none of it's wrapped. Not a single piece is wrapped in the stocking. Wow. Yeah. And then of course, jelly orange sticks. Don't get me started about those jelly orange sticks. I love those things. I have not had one for the better part of a decade, but hot damn, I knew Christmas was coming and I would try to hold on to those until the middle part of January. I would eat maybe one a day and put them to the side to the point where they would get all nasty and yeah. chocolate gets, but that none of that stuff was wrapped. None of it, which is so interesting. Yeah, we should have people in the in the chat, you know, down in the thread below. Um, so or how come you have not had a jelly orange stick in 10 years? It's too much sugar. It's just, I just... I try to cut back on as much sugar as I can. I mean, to keep this Greek God physique going, yeah. I've really got to limit yeah. my sugar you gotta, intake. Yeah, you got to be careful. But you know what? I saw some. I walked by some the other day when Did we you? were, uh, you know, good. stocking stuffers. I was looking for some stuff to put in stockings, and I saw we need to get some of these. So. That, the orange. See, you and I have that in common. We both oh, love the orange chocolate it. thing. Steph some hates people it. can't stand Steph it. Steph hates it. Yeah. She cannot do it. She's like, that is the gross, that gelatinous, chocolate-covered gelatinous gross stuff. I would never have any of that. Raspberry. I don't do the raspberries much, but I mean, I love me some orange stick. So yeah, for me, it was the GI Joe's. That was my favorite gift as a kid. Cool. I loved it. Yeah. It's always fun to look back this time of year and think about all those things that you used to do and, and the, uh, the celebrations you took part in and, and the fun parts of things. But you know, one thing that was really interesting in doing some research in, before we did this episode was talking about the, um, the modern day Santa as we know it and where that figure sort of comes from. Like we know the story of St. Nicholas, who was an actual saint who, you know, brought certain things to certain areas. But I was reading about how this gentleman by the name of Thomas Nast, I believe is his name. Okay. He wrote, um, he's actually credited for being the first person to bring the modern image of Santa into our awareness. Father Christmas image. Yeah. And yeah. It, and it, it came, he didn't have the red jacket 
jacket at the time, but the, you know, the jolly fat St. Nicholas um, was actually propaganda during the Civil War. That's where it came out. It's the cartoon. He was a political cartoonist and he wrote for Harper's Weekly. So back in the 18, I think it was 1860s, he created this image of, of Santa Claus and he was out seeing, you know, trying to bring the country together because they were so divided because of this civil war. Okay. And, you know, Abraham Lincoln said, all oh, this is so great. He, like I said, he didn't have the red jacket at the time, but he did have this sort of, um, you jovial. know, like jovial yeah. quality to himself. And then over time, he oh, eventually John, became, you know, like the red jacket and all that sort of stuff and the white, white beard. But he began as a civil war propaganda in Harper's Weekly back in the, uh, around the time of the civil war, which I thought was really fun. And then of course, you know, Coca-Cola took it to a whole new level and you can't even think about a Coke around Christmas without right. seeing the polar bears or seeing Santa and all these other sorts of things, but it's kind of fun. But then you also get into the dark side of things. You talk about like Krampus, which is this scary German legend around you know, this mythical creature that comes and, you know, does horrible things to you. There's Belschnickel, there's Black Pete, there's all these things that we probably would rather forget, but there's lore around Santa around this part of the world. And it's all probably propaganda to keep kids in line. You know, it's the same we were talking about at the top yeah. of the show, keep the kids in line by giving them the threat of coal in their stocking if they or don't the, or walk the line. Like, so those bad Santa ones, are those, those like Santas that'll get you? Yeah, so like, so Krampus, for example, is a popular European legend. He's And this is really a, just a delicious, this comes from Britannica.com. So this is a delicious portrayal of Krampus. Let me, let me set the stage for you. A uh, half goat, half demon monster that punishes misbehaving children around nice, Christmas yes. time. So you've got this devilish companion to St. Nicholas, you know. So of course- originated in Germany. <laughs> it comes from the German word Krampen, which means claw. So you've got this <laughs> scary ass mother who's coming at you. He is on December 6th, which is St. Nicholas Day. Uh, St. Nicholas comes and arrives and brings you all these wonderful toys for the nice kids. But if you're a bad kid, he beats you with sticks. Is that right? How amazing. And they made movies about this. There, there is a Krampus movie. I've never seen it because I'm a little squeamish when it comes to horror films, but my kids absolutely loved it. There's a story about this this yes. mythical creature called Krampus who comes and hunts you down. So now what about, what's that? Is there a, there's a dirty Pete, did you There say? was, yeah. So there's like this legend of another. So it's, it's Joarte Piet, which is Dutch for Black Piet. He's a companion to St. Nicholas and it's folklore over there. Um, came out in the 1850s. Uh, it's usually, and it's really not uh, for this time of, you know, this, the, the day and age that we are living in, you know, they talk a lot about blackface and that's exactly what this is. So they're trying to re revisit and revise this version. I don't exactly know what it is. It's part of the St. Nicholas celebration. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, you know, St. Nicholas day, they get sweets, they get presents. Um, it's, it's celebrated all throughout Europe. Um, they don't really talk much about who black Pete is, but it's just this other, piece of the story. He's not as scary, I don't think, as Krampus well, is. In the late 1800s, there's, there's one thing that I know was that there were entertainment troops mm. that specialized in blackface. Okay. And it was huge. Apparently it was big. Like they would go, they would come from Europe to tour the United States. To go, they would go all over. Um, and this was a really big deal sure. back then. So I don't know if that has something to do with yeah, it maybe. or whatever, but it was, uh, it was, I mean, I, and I don't know what started the phenomenon. Sure. 
But I just know that there was a period of time where this was really big, like it was big as va- like vaudeville was. Yeah. Okay. And then, and then, just to finish off the the triad here, the the scary ass triad, the Belschnickel, which if you're an Office fan, you know, there's an episode where Dwight Schrute he dresses up as Belschnickel and he carries with him he carries with him a little switch in his hand, and if you get oh, yeah. out of line, he whacks you with it. So, yeah. But this this so Belschnickel he comes clad with a mask. He's got a long tongue. He's disheveled. He wears torn, tattered, filthy oh, clothes. And he whacks you with about. a switch. Isn't that fun? It's a long tongue about. It is. It's, this is, so Who gave I, him the long tongue? That's what uh, I yeah, want to know. Exactly. Right? Exactly. It's Gene Simmons. It's got to be. But I mean, <laughs> the good kids get cakes and candies and nuts while the, the bad kids get whacked with a switch. And, a and for those of you that don't know what a switch is, kids, that is a stick. So go grab a switch and yeah, you'll get beaten by Belschnickel. But I mean, all that to say, it's really interesting to see because... We also know that this time of year, you know, there's some people that, like I said before, there's a lot of stress and struggles during the holiday season. We definitely don't make light of that, but it's interesting to see how lore gets passed on from one generation to another. Like you said to me, you know, why didn't Santa wrap your gifts? Santa wrapped my gifts. It's so very different. So what goes on in your house might be very different. Well, you get back to all of us on that already. I'm going to have to. You need to get a hold of your mother when you do another episode. Why why does Episode two. Belschnickel, the long tongue, and the unwrapped present <laughs> exactly from Montana. Right. It's exactly what right. What the fuck was that about? Yeah, what is that about? It's really fascinating. I will have to see what that is all about because Santa didn't wrap gifts where I came from. Maybe it was, you know, it's the same reason why I used to not buy flowers for my wife. They're just going to die. That is the stupidest. <laughs> I've gotten that. I think I got oh. a switch taken to me for that comment. And you had um, two children. That's and I amazing. had two children. That's exactly amazing. right. Right. Two two girls who are definitely loving flowers. They're going to get more of that. But yeah, you see that um, these myths perpetuate and how it was done in my mom's home, probably how it was done in her mom's home and her dad's home and so on. It just goes on and on and on. And now my kids, they can't even fathom the fact that a Santa gift wouldn't be wrapped. Like that's just how Santa does his thing. He wraps presents and in my family... He did not. So hopefully out there for the people that are getting ready to celebrate Christmas, there's no trips in in mind that are going to be visited by Belschnickel. You're not going to be visited by, you know, the Krampus. I mean, it's just this jolly fat man. You're a believer? You think Krampus is coming to see you? You just want Belschnickel with the long tongue. Yeah, I want to see this. I I definitely do too. And I'm sure for a fact that Belschnickel's girlfriend is really going to love kissing Belschnickel on those days. That long tongue, that's what it's all about. So, I mean, all that to say, Merry Christmas out there to all of you who celebrate the holiday. It's coming up. Um, You know, be good. Uh, Enjoy your time. And we'll see you you next week. Thanks, David. Belschnickel. All right, all right. Well, there you have it. Hopefully all of you enjoyed this episode. Merry Christmas coming up here in just a few short days. We do hope you get a visit from that jolly man in red and not the Krampus or the Belschnickel that we talked about in this episode. Please do us a favor and leave a comment down below. Tell us how you celebrate your holiday season. Is there a gift that you got when you were a kid that you would uh, you would love to uh, reminisce about? Share that with us down below. Like for David and I, it was BB Guns and G.I.G. Maybe for you, it's something completely different, but it's always good to look back a little bit around this time of year. Nostalgic, 
nostalgic pieces wrap me up in a big warm bear hug, just like a cup of cocoa and marshmallows. So hopefully you're having uh, the same experience out there. Do us a favor, subscribe to the channel. Make sure you come back and see us again. Share this with someone who's, you know, getting ready to celebrate the holidays just like you are. I think it was a good laugh. And there's also some serious pieces to this that we hope you enjoyed. So until the next time, Merry Christmas, everyone. And we will see you next time on the Successful Mind Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. And if you like what you heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.